Hello and welcome to the Armin Show podcast in the scene live. We do it everywhere. There's no limitation to what we can do on this show. Like, subscribe, science, learning. You want more, you get it. Glad to have you on this one. We had this guest here, episode 160. Do you recall Rebecca Faith Lawson? She joins on this one. Rebecca, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. It's super to have you in video edition. Last time it was just audio, limitations of the world. We are on for presence purposes, Playa Vista Beach. Do you like beaches? What are your thoughts in the moment? Love the beach. It's cold to be on the West Coast. Normally I'm on the East Coast in Florida. And it's just nice to check out what people are up to over here. There's a lot of liveness. It's packed. It's not as packed as some other beaches. You have to make these decisions on where to go in life. Key moments. If you pick the wrong things in a busy area, that may take up all of your day. Whereas in a place that's less busy, more relaxed, peaceful. That's why some people are now in Montana. They never would have been in Montana previously. <laughs> now on this one, I have a few topics I wrote down, but also things that come to my mind want to go over some. Now, before we do that, Rebecca, tell us some things about Rebecca Faith Lawson in 2022, where you're currently at, so that people can know. Okay, I am Rebecca Lawson. I'm 27 years old, and I live in Sarasota, Florida. I am currently finishing my degree in education. I love working with kids. I am teaching kids all summer water sports, water safety, kayaking, fishing, paddleboarding, and I also model. Um, I model for an agency in Orlando called Modern Muse, and so I book um, different jobs out there, and it's so much fun. So I love, basically I love kids, and I love to model. Now, this is a wonderful thing. You continue to do it. You were doing it before. It's nice to have consistency in form. That's a beautiful thing. Presence is key. Now, one thing that comes to mind is what are some items that you value in existence as a helicopter goes by? <laughs> it's very action-packed here. What are some things you value in existence at this time? What are you trying to represent as a person May 2022? I think being authentic is really great. I think doing things that you feel passionate about regardless of how other people may perceive that um, just being true to yourself is so good and it will just lead you on the direction to success I think um, personal success whether that looks what whether that looks like success to other people um, it will make you happy and I think putting God first and everything is ultimately what it's all about and um, when you're focused really on that that's what's going to fulfill you hmm. now I want to go into some topics here, mm -hmm. different ones, and I want you to bring your perspective on it. These have come across my mind or in discussion in recent days, mm -hmm. and I'm just going to throw them out there. Sure. First one, self-doubt. People doubting themselves, comparing themselves with others. What's the framework they can have to avoid that? Is it inevitable, or can someone clear that away? I think that self-doubt comes from possibly like comparing yourself to other people. I think that we as humans, we're all having a human experience and speaking life is super important. Any sort of, you know, discouragement, negativity, it's unneeded. And if you're going to get that from people, you don't need to listen to that. And I think you need to find yourself people who are just going to build you up and um, help you grow. And that doesn't mean giving you like false words. It just means um, challenging you to be the best person that you can be. Do you have anybody at this time who challenges you to be the best person you can be? And how did you find them? Where can people find these people? Mm -hmm. I think that, um, you know, you meet a lot of people and you can discern who is kind of on your team and who isn't. And I personally have most of my friends from 
church, really. Um, my small group in Sarasota, Florida, I've met amazing girls. Um, they're just amazing. So I think that when you're following God, you're, you're, you have a relationship with yourself and other people that's different than when you're not following God. You know, you're, you're not doing things, hopefully not as you're wanting to do well to other people rather than completely caught up in selfish motives. Um, and having people around like that who are thinking bigger picture and know that, um, speaking life to you is glorifies God. Like that's, I mean, personally, like those are the kind of people I want to be around. We always find our category of individuals that we most mesh with similar beliefs and values. This is what lasts a long time. It can't just be about more surface traits. Those will only last a short bit. Like, oh, mm -hmm. we both like snowboarding. That's not likely to really blossom into a long extended connection unless mm -hmm. it's really big on snowboarding. Now, God is a presence here and a theme. How are you supporting God and or believing in him day to day? Hmm. I think I think being in the word is the most important because without being in the word, um, you lose sight of how real that is. And when you have the word inside of you, you meditate on it and you live your life from those beliefs. And that's like what's going to fill your mind. It's not going to be people's thoughts. It's not going to be the social media. It's not going to be stuff you hear in a movie that's being the first to your heart and your mind. It's going to be the word of God. And I think that is having a relationship with God and then applying the things in your life and um, acting out how you are with people based off of those beliefs is how you're honoring God. Now, have you ever struggled with this? And also, uh, what are some key items that come with that? Does that give you calmness? What does that give you? It gives me security. It gives me a grounding. I know who I am. I'm not searching elsewhere and trying to identify myself with all these things that the world has to offer. I'm like, I, I realize that I'm a human. I believe God created me. I think that he wants me to put him first and that's going to give me, you know, fulfillment. It's going to give me value. I'm striving to basically, um, become more like the word of God instructs you to be. You're growing in that way. And that's where my heart and my focus is rather than me trying to be just something, the next big thing maybe in the world. And how I affect people, that's awesome. I don't need to like focus on so many things. It's like God will work through me the way he wants to. It just fits that way. Yeah, you kind of, you let go and you have faith and believe that what you're doing in life, if you're pleasing God and you're honoring him with your actions and what you're pursuing, he's going to bless that, you know, and whatever form that is, he's, he's in control and the circumstances around you are in one way or another shaping you. Now completely switching things up here. Time. Mm -hmm. Time is something we live through. We can compare ourselves to a past version of ourselves in time. Mm -hmm. Have you done this in some forms and what kind of value can someone get from looking at two years ago, five years ago, eight years ago, their exact self, their current self? How do you compare? How do you see growth? What do you look for? What are some key things to look for to see? Like I got somewhere. 
Do you mean growth when you're following the word of God or growth in a worldly sense? Worldly sense in this one. A worldly sense, perhaps you, I mean, you can, you can grow in the world and you can also grow as a Christian. Okay. And one has value for this world. And when you grow as a believer in God, that's eternal value because we have, I believe we all have a soul and we're going somewhere after life. And so what, where that is, is dependent on like what you're following. So if you're following the world, I don't know if there's much hope for that, like eternally. If you're following God, there's, there's hope for that eternally. One seems more short-term in the description, and one seems mm-hmm. more bigger picture and understanding. Yeah, and the, the Word of God instructs, like, you that there, to not place your pursuits and your heart on things of this world, but place them on things of heaven. And so it's kind of like, it's an interesting mindset, you know, because you value this, as a Christian, you know, you value this life, yes, but you don't like get caught up in it. You understand it for what it is, but you glorify God and you're putting him first. It's different than just being like, this is it. Does this relate with relationships where it's good to put someone else first in some form or else it can't function because you're always starting with you and then just giving people like scraps in a way? What about people-people relationships? Does that relate? Mm, I think that your if you're if you're a believer you're following god your relationships will reflect your relationship with god mm-hmm. oh mm-hmm. i see so it supersedes it it's always on top yeah because if you're always putting god first it's always going to you're always going to be treating people the right way if you're putting yourself first if you are your own god and you're like i'm doing everything that benefits me and pleases me you're going to treat people differently because you're going to be most likely treating them ultimately from like more of a selfish heart rather than checking checking yourself with God first. Selfish is not going to work right. It's kind of off-putting. It pushes people away because they're like, oh, I'm not even being considered in a form. Mm-hmm. You want consideration and such. And you're not going to be perfect as a, as a believer. You're not going to be... It's a work in progress, you know. It's called like sanctification. And you're growing, um, but... I don't know if you really become perfect until you reach afterlife. Oh. Mm-hmm. Perfection. I've talked about this a few times. Little uh, switcheroo here. Is it worth it looking to something to be perfection in a part of your life? Or is that a waste of effort and just look to try and try and play and play like a five-year-old does? Um, how much should we be focused on something being structurally stuck like a piece of concrete we built something perfect amazing or we're always trying things and always like in this chaos wide state where can someone be so that they can feel comfortable or is that a personality based thing i mean if i'm understanding correctly i think focus whatever you value focus on and that thing is going to grow in your life you know whatever that whatever that is that you know your passions or whatever if you're if that's what you're talking about like if you're trying to do a million different things, um, you have to narrow it down to at least just like certain things and know what you want to put your time, your mental energy and place your time doing um, so those things can actually come to fruition. Now, in the current world, we have a lot of noise, let's say, on the internet or in public. Wherever you go, there's a lot of voices being 
thrown in at you. How do you put aside potential noise and not take into advertising people's influences, what somebody would want you to be, uh, maybe it's not your thing? Is it only self-esteem? Can someone without self-esteem do it? What's the what's the barrier? I think that you're going to hear voices, especially like when you're, you know, maybe even like coming out of high school, like you're going to hear a lot of things and perhaps like you want to, you're still discovering who you are. So you're probably going to experiment with different maybe sides of you or interests or different things until you kind of feel it sits right. Um, but when you, if it aligns with what God would want you to do and it also feels right for you, like you should pursue that, you know, it's not. Um, I don't think you should do things just because other people want you to be a certain way or want you to pursue a certain thing. Like if it's, it needs to align with like your own personal talents and gifts and, um, also be honoring to God. Now, switcheroo once again, cause this is all about transitional, uh, moves. We are in California. You're in Florida. Biggest shifts. Do you see any big differences? This is one coast. You're on the other coast. Can we compare the two? Well, I mean, honestly, like I'm from Sarasota. So Sarasota has a lot of, um, it's just an older community and I know it's growing, but just being in California, I'm just like, wow. Like there's just so many young people everywhere. And like, that's just something I know it's like pretty, you know, straightforward, but it's, that is a huge difference. I noticed just being the type of people that I'm around and, um, it's great to be around people your own age and uh, it's just like healthy and vibrant and I just appreciate that. I like that. I think here it's it's a bit more of like a scene. People might be like like looking at you and like wondering like maybe who you are or like, you know, are you a big influencer or like whatever, you know, they're kind of like curious here because there are, it seems like there is such a culture of people who are either actors or models or you know what I mean that are, um, everyone's doing something here whereas in Florida it seems a little bit more like you know just more low-key more normal you know people are just people not in the front of the camera or in front of the world doing things so that's definitely a difference um and yeah I mean I love I love being around I love being in California for for a lot of reasons it's just different it's nice to switch things up so I'm a proud representative of California, by the way, here in the wonderful state that is very lively. And there's Northern California and Southern, and she's on the other coast. And we've both been in New York, but I've only been there once, and she's been there many more times. Now, in a worldly sense, more globally, uh, what are we missing as people at this time? Mm -hmm. What is the collective missing? It could be a light thing. It could be a heavier thing. What are our fellow people? What could we be working on as a collective? that might be missing yeah definitely hiking more people need to do hiking shout out to that <laughs> i just want to mention hiking has happened it's I'm a very good thing just joking yeah no of course everyone hikes here it seems um <laughs> <laughs> that's true there's a lot of hiking going I on i love it um i'm just joking so it's really healthy by the way i've talked to a lot of authors they're scientists but each one talks yeah. about walking more people need to more people need to drink uh green juice and just get out and get more sun you know <laughs> it makes a big difference this vitamin d is very valuable some places that don't have it, Seattle, Scotland, other places, they're struggling. Then they wait till the sun time just to have uh, that kind of joy. Yeah. No, but on a more serious note, I think that, yeah, I, th I feel everywhere in the world it's natural in a way because we are fallen people and um, we're, 
I think that people set their minds on things of this earth and that's it. And there's a lot more to it. And like, I truly believe like we are people who have souls and, um, we need to connect. And if we don't have, you know, God in our heart, we need to, if we don't believe in God, it's like, ask God, like, Hey, like God, like if you're real, you know, give me that faith, give me that sight. Let me see who you are. And it's faith. It's like there were, it's not like Jesus was just a man and he came up and he was like, I had a revelation from God and I experienced this myself, but, and that's what a lot of people will do all throughout history. They'll be like one man and he'll come out and say this thing. this like very strong statement that he's God or something. And anyway, Jesus was not that. He had 12 disciples and when he died on the cross, he rose again and he, you know, Mary Magdalene went to his tomb and she was the first to report that he was not there. And if, if the Bible was trying to manipulate people, it wouldn't have a woman telling society about how Jesus was not there anymore because women weren't, weren't as respected in society back then. And they would, if they were, the Bible was trying to manipulate, they would have a man going around society telling people that. Anyway, so it was a woman. And then the 12 disciples all, like they reported, like we have all seen and talked with Jesus. He, like he's here, he, he's in a different form, but we have spoken with him. And then Paul, Paul was not a disciple, but he was on the road to Damascus and he was, he persecuted Christians and he was a real person just like you and me, Paul. And he was on a horse and he basically was like, Jesus appeared to him in, in his own way. And, um, he was completely changed. He was like that, like that doesn't happen, you know, like something very, very dramatic would happen for a man who was so passionate and would kill Christians to completely 360 and be like, I encountered Jesus. There's no denying this. And I'm, I have to, I have to tell everybody about this. This is, this is insane. This is like unreal. Like I, like this is, I can't believe it, you know? And so he, he went off and he started preaching the word of God, um, preaching his, what he encountered, encouraging churches and, um, dying. Like he, they, people persecuted Paul, you know, they're trying to kill him. They boiled him and boiled him in oil. He didn't die. You know, he kept, he lived even after that and eventually he died. Um, but it's not that it's like, you can't calculate Christianity. You can't calculate Jesus. You can't be like, well, do, 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 ABC plus DFG. You know what I mean? You can't calculate it in your head. It's a, it's faith. It's like, okay, you take things into account. It's not blind faith. Take things into account. You, you take what the word of God says, something that has never been distinct, like never been extinguished from the earth. Like it's that powerful, obviously. And you think about like we did, humanity did come from somewhere, you know, and whether you want to believe in apes, apes, it's pretty hard to have faith in that, that we evolved from apes, yet apes still exist. Well, why didn't they evolve, you know, or like poof, like everything was here, like the Big Bang Theory, like um, we're a bit more like we're, we're very, very intricate. Everything on this earth is very, very created intentionally. Like the sun, if it was closer or farther away, this earth wouldn't exist. We wouldn't be able to have life on this earth. If that sun was any farther away or closer or whatever it is. Like, you know, it's very, it's, everything is very intentional. And yes, it might not all make sense logically like Jesus, but it, it requires faith for a reason, you know? And, and it's, if you don't have it, ask God for it. 
I want to point out that sun, super duper. I have to add that in there. It, uh, it's without that, the beach and all things would not be enlivened as they are. Everybody with the people and whatnot. That is a. You've got the whole there, the whole, uh, and the description. And here's one thing you just made me think of. Also, this will be my closing question to you. Okay. On the topic of narrative, okay. How compelling can a narrative be? What does it take to make compelling narrative or story uh, so that others can take it from you? What are some of the features that are necessary? What makes a story compelling? Yes. I feel like that's a question better for you. I feel like you would answer that really well. Okay, we're turning around on that one. So I will just say, (laughs) okay, maybe after we'll get a little feedback. Um, I would say in my thoughts, it is how much you believe in it. Um, the elements of it that connect with some parts of your reality it has to have some link to it. And um, sometimes it's the passion from within. People can feel that. Mm-hmm. Without that, you can't have a... Like if you think about a lot of speakers, without that compelling... Uh, like, like, hey, man, I believe in this. You wouldn't believe in this. And you're in the audience, right? Right. So it'd be lost. So there's that. That's awesome. That's true. Yeah. You gotta have the details and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, would you agree with these things? Thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, if you if you really strongly believe in something, then another person is going to maybe consider it. Absolutely. But if you don't, then it's like, well, why should they? It's so silly. I mean, it's just, it's logical. It's like, if someone really believes in something, you are like, well, why do they believe in that so strongly? And they consider it. This might be, it could be a potential verse. I'm not sure. But, you know, the cup runneth over. You fill it and it runneth over because your cup full, right? It passes on to others. Mm -hmm. That might be related to that. Rebecca, Mm -hmm. in our limited time frame, I would like to thank you for having joined on Mm -hmm. this episode, discussing a few topics on this really cool setting, which I never have a background, Mm -hmm. an airplane, which you can't see, things like that. Thank (laughs) you for rejoining. Yeah, thank you so much. 160 to the 300s, Rebecca Faith Lawson. (laughs) Thank you. And we are out.